0: you're listening to borderline idealist join us every sunday for new episodes where we focus on introverts highly sensitive people and mental health log on to borderlineidealist.com for past episodes blog posts and to find ways to support us together we can give a voice to introverts and tear down mental health stigma Happy Cinco de Mayo, everyone, and welcome oh, to God. Borderline Idealist.
1: woo Happy Cinco de Mayo! <laughs> yes, this, no. this
0: is Mexican Independence Day. No. Um, <laughs> Shut up. This
1: is the day that That's the Alamo was news. won. Fake news.
0: <laughs> uh, this is the day that Mexicans celebrate as St. Augustine coming back to life. Oh, wow. And he drank a lot of margaritas. And so that's why we celebrate Cinco de Mayo by oh.
1: getting drunk and being mm. American. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's an interest. I had no idea. That's what, you know, my whole life I was celebrating Cinco de Mayo well, the wrong way. Well, I'm sure. Actually. No, I haven't been celebrating. Just before de Mayo. <laughs> we get
0: into the episode, you know, a lot of people celebrate Cinco de Mayo and mm. they don't even know what it is. So we know it's the, the 5th of May. You know, that's. That's basic Spanish, right? Cinco mm-hmm. de Mayo. Mm-hmm. But Chris, why? what is Cinco de Mayo? Just a, a little recap. So though.
1: Cinco de Mayo is not Mexican Independence Day. What? <laughs> <laughs> that would be September the 16th. Um, but Cinco de Mayo, it's not widely celebrated in Mexico as it is. I'm, I hope that a lot of people, a lot of our listeners know this, but yeah, very briefly, it's actually, it's a small town called Puebla in Mexico that celebrates Cinco de Mayo originally. They're the ones who celebrated their battle, their the winning of the battle over a French armies that were invading the town. So basically, French armies were coming in. They didn't think much of the people that were going to, they were trying to invade. So they didn't come very well prepared. The Mexican, uh, and it was mostly people. They weren't armies. These weren't people that were trained or anything. They fought back the French for that one day. And that was Mexico. the Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) It happened on the 5th of May that the Mexican farmers and local people beat the French army. The next day, the French army came with a larger group of people and took over the town. So, you know, the victory was only (laughs) (laughs) short-lived.
0: So it's a underdog story yeah and we celebrate it by getting drunk
1: exactly americans are Mayo. i mean
0: that's that's all i can um, think of
1: yeah it's you know but just a, just a little
0: information that you can share with a friend or something or or just in case you didn't know because i didn't really really know what it was I, I really thought it was mexican independence day or or something i thought every mexican celebrated cinco de mayo yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> the more you know. So, guys, we're going to be talking about BPD, uh, remission and recovery. Ooh. So let's talk about the definition of
1: the cure.
0: Remission. Well, the the <laughs> cure. we'll get to the cure later. But so remission is the stage by which you are able to. Substained significant relief from your BPD symptoms so much so that you no longer meet the criteria for BPD
1: diagnosis
0: yeah diagnosis <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at that word a
1: little weird <laughs> I'm side eye like what <laughs> so it's so it's almost like you being cured but doesn't necessarily mean that you can't fall back right that the symptoms won't come back if, and then stress situation or in another setting yeah down the road
0: and and you know when we're talking about some people will talk about a cure for bpd
1: Hmm.
0: uh that they have the cure for it and now they are over it and they can share that with you how to do it and low low fee yeah (laughs) 1999 yeah um there are some people that i i have seen that are charging for that and you know, there is no cure. Let's just get that out there. But I... Was... And
1: it's not just you saying it. It's the scientific community's consensus, right? I mean, there's yeah. been a lot of articles and studies where... They, I mean, of course, people try to look for cures, but it just hasn't been discovered or it hasn't been... We haven't found a way to actually, quote-unquote, cure this... The BPD. Yes, but you can work hard to diminish
0: you know, the things that come along with it like depression and anxiety and the things that come along with BPD, the uh, self-image problems the splitting self-harm. Yeah, you can work hard with the psychologist you can work hard with medicine, you can work hard on yourself to diminish those and uh, I was telling Chris there uh, was an article that I was reading that says the older that you get, the more your BPD symptoms are reduced. Mm-hmm. And as we most, as most of us know, our BPD, we we usually get diagnosed with it, or it really starts rearing its its head in our young adult years. A lot of people I've heard in college—that's when it started for me. That's when I got diagnosed, and that's when I really started to come to terms with it. But it's it's good to know that there's a, a chance that the older that we get the more it can be diminished. Mm-hmm. Uh the the things that come along with it like uh depression and anxiety, uh those can be diminished also by, you know, what we how how we do self care, how we look out for ourselves. Learn to cope. Yeah, learn how to cope. So let's talk about recovery recovery is well chris you read this one (laughs) because i'm tired of talking okay
1: so recovery is a well defined uh well i'm sorry (laughs) recovery is less well defined but it suggests that you are able to function in all aspects of your life for an extended period of time this includes holding down a job or maintaining meaningful relationships relationships that can be monogamous or um, Or romantic in nature.
0: I was like, a relationship does not have to be monogamous, okay?
1: (laughs) No, that's not the right word I was looking for. (laughs) There's a spectrum, Um... Chris. (laughs) Chris loves to
0: say that there's a spectrum of everything.
1: (laughs) Everything's a spectrum. Not monogamy. Um, But what's the other word where it's uh, romantic in nature? A a romantic relationship. Sexual in nature. (laughs) yeah. But just Um, maintaining a meaningful
0: relationship. So I feel like after reading that definition that I am in recovery of BPD. That I came to terms with it. I did some work on myself. I've learned how to cope. Uh, I take um, medication. And it's important to know that there's no medication that can uh that that is made to really help bpd but it can kind of help the the depression that comes along with it or the anxiety that you have
1: there's no medication that will get rid of all your symptoms right yeah Um, and it won't get rid of everything that you struggle with but it can help you cope with it and it can help you deal with some of the symptoms. Maybe not all. Yeah. Okay. And
0: again, uh, I say I'm in recovery because I'm able to hold down a job and maintain meaningful relationships, you know, such as this marriage example. A.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I was, you know, when we were talking about this a few days ago, I I would say that you were in recovery before as well and you relapsed and then you you came back um, because, you know, I felt like you were in recovery when we first met and because you you had a job that you were holding down, you had relationship with your siblings, which is a little bit different because you grew up with them. So those relationships are stronger, Mm -hmm. have a stronger bond, but um. It you were able to interact with me on a on a level that allowed our relationship to flourish. So I saw you know, to me, I mean, not knowing everything that I know now, but looking back, it seemed like that would be a remission a recovery time. And then um as we moved forward, you kind of struggled with that a little bit more. It when you stopped taking your medicine, that kind of
0: I think that struggle was really the um, depression Mm -hmm. that I fell back into. Mm -hmm. And that's what's uh, good about me taking the medicine, the antidepressants is it kind of helps hold me up when I start feeling that, that depression. And I wasn't taking it at that time. So that's when I started falling back into it. And, you know, before I would have, problems in, in relationships with fear of abandonment and that would cause me to act out in anger mm. or just get into bad relationships with people <laughs> because the wrong yeah uh, i felt like they i didn't want them to leave me even if they treated me bad i didn't want them to leave me because it started to feel comfortable and i felt like well if they left i failed you know, so every relationship that I got into, I should give my all and make it work. And if it doesn't work, then that means that I failed. Hmm. So that's funny because mm-hmm.
1: that's how I looked at mine as well, looking back. Mm-hmm. And partly why I was, I think, so open to giving them opportunities to redeem themselves when something bad happened uh, and how I ended up getting hurt, basically. So, when we're talking about BPD,
0: remission, and recovery,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what do you think, how do you think that we can achieve remission other than waiting for it, <laughs> waiting for us to get older?
1: Oh, wh-
0: why am I asking you, Chris? I thought that you <laughs> you may have some insight my, into it.
1: What well, my medical expertise tells me is <laughs> what not? when you were talking about most um most people that get that are older seem to have a better chance of remission, it seems to me that it's it's more of the it's more of a them learning to deal with it better to cope with things. I mean it's like you know, with everything else in life, you, the more experience you gain, the better you are equipped to handle certain things. So if you are lucky enough to you know, survive the early years of this experiences and then those struggles thereafter between your 30s and 40s and 50s, that's all those learning experiences help you build towards something better so that later down the line, you're you know you're you've already gone through all these experiences all the ups and downs you're and that makes you more equipped to identify it maybe um, so you can preemptively preemptively um, attack those issues or prepare for them and um, and it, it just makes you better prepared I think that so that when things do start going bad that you're able to handle it appropriately with medicine and 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 therapy as well a... i i kind of thought that the brain
0: maybe adapts or changes when you get older mm-hmm. uh, and maybe you start to think in a different way but i'm not really sure why people um the older that you get the more the more uh closer to mission, you get what i'm really interested in is interviewing somebody who is older (laughs) of a certain age Mm -hmm. and uh was diagnosed with bpd i really wonder what it's like you know when you get to a certain age because when you're first diagnosed it's very confusing uh and you have to do a lot of work and especially when you're you have a realization that, oh, I'm doing these things because I have this. Mm -hmm. And before you got diagnosed, you probably didn't have a name for it or know why it was happening. So I'm really interested in in finding somebody that that's probably my next interview that I'll look for. Somebody that is, that's older and has BPD and maybe is in remission or in recovery and talking about like those relapses that, that you
1: can have well you know how you just mentioned you feel like it's because your brain changes i mean how do brain changes how does we change our brains changes through experience right so i would think even if you were 80 years old but you never got treated initially and you never sought to learn about the about your condition learn what treatments helps better i don't think you would be able to go into remission if you didn't have those experiences in the past. Yeah,
0: it's definitely about the experiences and what you learn from them. But I, I'm hopeful that one day I will no longer meet the criteria for BPD. And I think I'm closer and closer to that every day. Mm. You know, I'm able to hold down this job and, you know, I, I take medication... Uh, mostly for my anxiety. Yeah. But I I think that that's my biggest thing because sometimes my anxiety is so bad that I can't go to sleep at night because I'm thinking about something wrong I did, uh, or just really obsessing about it.
1: Hmm. But do you think it's as bad hmm. as it was when you were working at the old hotel?
0: mm no, I don't think so. I think that you know the the medication helps and definitely my my coping helps hmm. but yeah i would I would definitely say that I'm in recovery, and uh some people have asked how long it takes to reach recovery? How long does it take to not have those BPD moments for a long, extended period of time. Hmm. and that's a good question. <laughs> um, because like i I feel I was diagnosed, and then after I was diagnosed, I ended up in a mental hospital a couple of times, so that was probably over a two- year period. So I feel like I reached recovery in maybe three, four years. I'm still hesitant to say recovery because some sometimes I feel like I say or do things to Chris that, you know, I'm kind of, kind of confused. Is that because of my BPD or is that <laughs> just because I'm me? You know, I it, I, I guess I am my BPD. Um, I, try, I try really hard to recognize when I'm doing something like that and apologize for it. But I feel like... M- Most of the time, those BPD moments come from, uh, happen around Chris because it it has to do with relationships. It has to do with how you see yourself in a relationship, uh, if you're being understood. You know, Chris and I get into, uh, we'll we'll talk about the Avengers movie. And, (laughs) you know, I... If you haven't seen, oh God, I don't want to give out anything, but I think it's okay to say it deals with. Can I? Can I? (laughs) Anyway, so we had. I I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but we had a discussion about one of the tactics that they use, and I was like, "Oh, that's so easy." And Chris had a opposing opinion, and and we just kind of got into a back and forth, and I'm trying to understand what he's saying, but he's saying that i'm getting angry and mad and i'm just like no i'm just trying to comprehend what you're saying so- and he and chris is always like you just want to be right <laughs> and so i'm just like in my mind i'm like is it because i want to be right or is it because i want to understand what he's saying and that's when i have to have to think about if i'm relapsing or if it's just me hmm. or is if it it's just, just both? your personality yeah well, it is called borderline personality disorder. Well, so. no, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean,
1: if it's just your nature, your natural nature of I, being short tempered, I guess, well, I, I
0: feel I like, excuse me, I don't think I had a short temper. <laughs> I think I when, kept asking you, okay. I kept asking you specific questions about yes. something and I wasn't getting the answer a clear answer so well, it was it was kind of getting that, on my nerves
1: is, to me i was giving you an answer but for you it wasn't the answer that you wanted or you just didn't want to accept the answer so i'm like i can't give you any other answers than what i'm giving you that's my point of view you don't have to agree with it But You need to be precise about what you said <laughs> just say so, and then what happens is that we get into these backs and forth and i think it's just the the uh, the the Part of us us going back to the same point and trying to really re-litigate or trying to, re-under- to really understand, just that repetition gets you upset, I think. And just maybe not, things not being as clear-cut as you would like to, them to be, as I think most of us would like things to be, but... So maybe that gets you a little upset. A little.
0: Maybe. <laughs> I... I'm not that's what I'm saying I'm yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. But, but I mean but it is a part of my personality. Yeah. So maybe you know I I I feel like BPD will always be with me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always going to be something that I'm fighting against. Mm-hmm. Even if I achieve remission and I don't feel like I have the symptoms so much, they'll always be in the back of my head you know, saying, oh, you should do this. Oh, you should ruin it. <laughs> ruin this relationship. It's what you should do. It's not going to work out anyway. Oh <laughs> you know, or, or something like that. And I'm just like, no, no, no. Or, this is not the proper action. I'm not, I want to react
1: in the correct way. Well, I don't think even, even recovery, you know, as the definition says, that this includes holding down a job and maintaining meaningful meaningful relationships. I don't think that necessarily means that you're not going to struggle with those as far as like have um you know times where you just want to quit your job because it's so frustrating or it's or you can't deal with the people that you're working with or the relationship when we have our arguments and our fights and then you know we just don't want to be around each other for a little while i mean that's part of normal life stuff so i don't think you know necessarily that you're gonna solve everything that being in quote unquote recovery means that you're gonna solve everything and you're not you're no longer gonna have these problems.
0: Well that's you Chris that doesn't wanna like we'll we'll be having a discussion and (laughs) Chris would be like, "Okay, I'm walking away," and I'd be like, "So you're walking away? So you're so you're just gonna walk away? Okay, you, you see me? I'm not walking away. You're well, you're running away from the problem." <laughs> no, I walk away because you're upset. And then he upset. comes back. No, I walk away because you're
1: upset. I was taught that you should not continue arguing with some a BPD person when they're upset. Walk away. Oh, your mom taught coming. you that.
0: <laughs> Your mom taught you that?
1: No, the internet. And son, says, if you get into an argument people, with someone. <laughs> other people with BPD has said, you know, you're never going to win an argument with somebody who has BPD and they're upset. So come back to it when you're both more calm. Yeah, so just abandon the person. You know, they have fear of abandonment. Hey, they issue have with me. Issues. Take issue with whoever recommended that. <laughs> yeah, just walk away. Fine. You're just going to walk away. Okay. And <laughs> maybe I should say, you know, you're upset so let's just come back to this conversation later when you're not as upset but then if i say that then you're gonna get more upset because you're gonna be like i'm not upset blah, blah, blah. and you know he's just histionic that's all i'm gonna say
0: <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm about to walk away right now <laughs> really i i think it's funny in the definition of recovery where it says maintain meaningful relationships mm-hmm. Because as as Chris knows, I really don't have
1: friends like that. Like, you know, if you're... So are you really in recovery then?
0: Yes, because I've learned... What I learned when I had BPD is it's... I I feel like it's dangerous for me to have friends sometimes. Or it's just not something that I really want to invest my time in. Because... I feel like people always let you down, and I just don't want to go through that. You know, I don't want to have get too close to somebody, start sharing my life, start trying to share my time with them. And plus, I'm an introvert, so I don't even like to go and hang out like that. When Mm -hmm. I start a job, um, especially when I'm when I'm working at the hotel, I seem very extroverted. People Mm -hmm. people will tell me um, the lady that's training me right now. She said, oh, when I first met you, I just thought that you were really quiet, but you're just like, you love to talk, and you're just like, <laughs> and, and like, yeah, life. and you know, people at work, they like to hang out outside of work, they share their numbers, they'll be like, oh, girl, we need to go to the club, and do so.' not me, I'm not sharing my, my number with you, I'll give you my number in case you need to call me for work, or if there's something that's going on, but I don't, I don't like to hang out, you know, mm-hmm. I just, I just don't like that when I get off of work, I like to go home <laughs> and it's not because I'm depressed or I'm sad or it's not even because I hate people. It's just because that's where I enjoy being. I like being at home around my cats, you know, cause it, it's, that's just where, where I'm comfortable. Yeah. So I can maintain meaningful relationships. You know, I have relationships with people that I don't talk to every day and those are the relationships that I treasure the most uh the people that i can talk to every once in a while and it's not like oh you haven't been talking to me so we're not friends (laughs) or you know something like that i don't have to put put everything into it and let you know everything that's going on and hang out every day yeah so i just have i have a different definition of maintaining meaningful relationships this was meaningful to me Mm -hmm. i really like uh Hi, Brittany. <laughs> I really like um that you know Brittany and I were talking about and and we just met Brittany a couple of months ago, uh, and I feel like we're we're friends, and that we were talking about going hiking mm. uh with her girlfriend mm-hmm. you know i I like those kind of relationships where
1: you it, know where it doesn't feel so much pressure
0: yeah it doesn't feel a lot of pressure where i feel like the other person understands i don't have to be connected to them 24 <laughs> 7 you know so that we feel like we're friends mm. and that's why i feel like extroverts sort of are they just maybe they just feel like they have to be connected to a lot well, of people well, that's why and they... they have kind of a fear of being alone
1: <laughs> well because they get their their needs met by those connections interactions mm-hmm. so that's why they seek them out you don't get those needs met through those connections so that's why you don't do that and why we don't do that but i think that there is some nice valuable stuff that we can get from those connections every once in a while like you know going out hiking with a friend or doing some of these other bonding like experiences Where you do get to share some of your favorite things with somebody else. And you know, it's like going to the movies with somebody who cares about that character as much as you do. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't talk through the movie. Yeah, hopefully you don't talk through the movie. (laughs) But you know, there's somebody right there that's next to you that you know that they're enjoying this part just as much as you are. And just that shared experience kind of enhances your own experience, I feel like. And... And in those ways, I feel like friendships can be a great asset to someone's life by, you know, giving a little bit more meaning to your own life and your, 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 what you care about. Uh, but I definitely agree with you in that the best relationships are those that don't, rec- don't have certain requirements from you where you need to communicate every every other day or you know share this or that yeah we just have a shared experience
0: because you know like with um, with Brittany I know that we both have BPD Mm -hmm. I uh, we both know each other's backgrounds you know to uh, when we both were diagnosed with that or started to come to realization with that Mm And I feel like that's a meaningful relationship because it's something that we both understand. You know, it's got, I think it's sort of like being in a support group a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes I, I feel like i I want to share more about myself. Or sometimes I'll sit, sit around and be like, oh, I kind of wish I had a friend to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, nah,
1: not really. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be too obligated to have to do things. But you don't have to. That's the thing. It's like when you find the right people, it will, it will fit naturally. So if one day you're like, you know what? I want to hang out with Brittany today. And you, you just call Brittany or whoever else and then just hang out for that day and then a month or two can go by and then well i just don't want them to get used to it and expect <laughs> me to do that all but the that's time. The, that's the that's the great thing about finding the right friends for you is that they'll understand you and you'll understand them so you know they're not going to pressure you into those situations because they understand you and that's what's great about finding the right friends for you it's that you don't have those same pressures that you had in high school or in college about meeting certain expectations. Um, So I, I think that's why it's, you should never stop trying to make, find those connections because when you find those, those connections that are ideal for you, they're the best ones. And like everything else, it just takes time and effort for you to get them.
0: So I'm really interested in hearing from other people about their their stories of remission and recovery, mm-hmm. and I'm definitely going to try to look for somebody that has achieved remission or somebody that is a little bit older with BPD. Okay. Um, if you're in any one of those categories, we'd really like you to send us a message. Uh, you can go to borderlineidealist.com and click contact, and we really and I'd like to hear from you. And maybe I could share a little bit of that on on an episode. Uh, We want to thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you next Sunday, which I think
1: is, is that Mother's Day? No, Mother's Day falls on the, oh yes, it is Mother's Day. Wow. (laughs) No, I get confused because in Mexico. We don't celebrate every second that is Sunday. Dia
0: de Madre. De las Madres.
1: De la Madre,
0: Whatever. Or las
1: Madres. <laughs> it's not Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> so in Mexico, we celebrate May 10th. It's, it's Mother's Day. So May 10th falls, you know, Monday through Sunday in every given year. Have- okay. But look, we don't care
0: about any of your Mexican holidays. <laughs> so the only one we care about is Cinco de Mayo. Let's go get drunk, Chris. Woo! Tequila!
1: oh god <laughs> are you not going to tell them about what what else is coming up that's special to you what my birthday oh okay well that's not special to all you <laughs> so that's okay Chris's birthday bad. is on
0: Wednesday <laughs> everybody celebrate drink tequila yeah, is, yeah, take uh, a is shot that what you wanted <laughs> on my behalf <laughs> <laughs> tell them what's important nobody cares
1: <laughs> oh, okay <laughs>
0: All right, guys. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you next Sunday. Bye. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Follow us on our Facebook group and Instagram for more behind the scenes. If you like the episode, why not help AJ and Chris reach more people and leave an iTunes review to help others discover the podcast? Together, we can defeat mental health stigma.